This is your captain speaking. We are currently preparing for takeoff. Sunny skies, no turbulence expected. Our journey should take between 30 and 60 minutes and will consist of you learning everything you need to know about the New York Jets opponent this week. Pauly Brzez will be your pilot, so sit back, relax, and enjoy your journey to this magical destination. Brady's in his last seven passes, and he's got an open Edelman. Look at Edelman break two tackles, and Edelman is home for the touchdown. Brady, a deep throw, and it's intercepted. Picked off in Miami territory by Xavier Howard. Osweiler is buried, and guess who? It's Ryan Kerrigan again. He has been a monster. Live from the Vivid Seat Studios, use the promo code OVERTIME for up to $100 off your first ticket purchase after you download the Vivid Seats mobile app. This is Prepare for Takeoff. Who's with me? Let's go! Come on! Here's your host, Pauly Brzez. Welcome, everyone. This is the first episode of Prepare for Takeoff. It's your favorite podcaster's favorite podcaster, Pauly Brzez, uh, doing a new podcast this year. Uh, it's going to get you ready every week for the upcoming opponent for the New York Jets. Uh, what we're doing this week, obviously, with the Bills on deck, uh, we're going to go over some some news and notes uh, and information on the Bills to get you ready for the week one divisional matchup right off the bat. Uh, I am actually going to be joined by Mike Lindsley uh, from ML Sports Platter. Uh, he's a longtime sports radio host. Um, you can follow him on Twitter. His handle is at Mike, M-I-K-E-L, sports. Uh, Mike, how's it going today? Thanks for joining me. It's going great, man. I'm super happy to be here. Uh, what I wanted to do is obviously, um, you know, Sam Darnold and Josh Allen, uh, same agent, uh, really good friends, um, second year for each of them. Uh, wanted to get, get how the summer was for Josh Allen going into year two, uh, how he looked in camp, uh, and how his development was with, with the pieces that they've added around him this season. Well, I was at camp one day, and, you know, I got to say, I mean, I just think training camp is so hard to tell with a lot of things because there's no pads a lot of times in the beginning. Uh, that's when I was there. Um, but he seems to be growing in this offense under Brian Dable. I mean, I think this is a, a really a huge step year for him. Um, you know, clearly the Bills going into the offseason had a lot of money to spend, you know, in terms of the cap. They went out and improve the offensive line. You add in Mitch Morris, who, uh, you know, went through his, his fourth concussion, but uh, seems to be back and okay. I, I still think that's a concern. Uh, he's going to demand the, the center spot. Uh, Spencer Long, they're trying to figure out what to do with Cody Ford, what side to play him at. Um, the behemoth tackle out of Oklahoma in Cody, Cody Ford. But, um, you know, I think, I think Allen's, you know, really, really good. And I think he's going to take a nice step this year. I don't, Expect the Bills to be any better than eight and eight. However, I think there's a lot of people in Western New York who are just kind of jumping it. Well, they got John Brown, they got Cole Beasley, they got this, they got that. And you know, if you listen to Adam Shine and a bunch of other people, they you know they think the Buffalo Bills are you know the 1993 Bills all of a sudden, and I think that's a mistake. Um, I love the defense, I love the secondary, I love the front line, um, the linebackers. There's a couple of really good guys, but. You know, this season comes down to Allen, and it comes down to the offensive line. That's that's the bottom line. If they're going to make the wild card, uh, or one of the two, you know, they need protection out of the O line, and they've got to have Josh Allen take a major step forward. And here's the other thing that I'll that I'll leave you on with that question is, I mean, does it really like matter if you go eight and eight or nine and seven? I mean, the only time you ever get into the playoffs at nine and seven is if you get a break, really, right? I mean, a couple of years ago, the Bills 
were pretty much left for dead, beat Miami last week of the season. Great, rah-rah. They only got in the playoffs because they had a huge, huge break on 4th and 18th, thanks to Andy Dalton and company, with the Bengals over the Ravens. So, you know, 9-7 and 8-8, and eight and eight, you, you could have one of those records and have a really good year. I mean, I think if the I think if the Jets or the Bills both, you know, went eight and eight or nine and seven, I think I think that's a solid, pretty good year setting up for twenty twenty. Both of those teams have a lot in common, but the reality of the situation is nine and seven might not get it done. Patriots are gonna win the East. The North you know, let's say Steelers or Browns, okay, then the other team might win the wild card. You know, the South I I still think is the Colts division to lose. West is gonna be won by the by the Chiefs, and then the wild cards probably going to be the Chargers and then one of the North teams. Well, where does that leave the Jets and the Bills? It leaves them out even if they're at 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. So, um, you know, that's okay. I think the Bills and the Jets are in the same camp in terms of record and development and Allen and Darnold. But, again, the season's going to come down to Allen and the O-line, period, end of discussion. That's, that's what it really boils down to. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. They've obviously improved that old line. Um, you know, the, the Jets have the, the hopes of, of being one of those, you know, wild card teams. But like you said, does eight and eight or nine and seven get either of them in? Um, and you have to rely on those breaks. So, uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting season. Obviously, one of the more exciting seasons for Bills and Jets fans, uh, for the first time in a few years. So, so it's nice to see, you know, maybe they've both found their franchise quarterbacks. I mean, I know we both think that. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, going forward how it plays out. Uh, looking at this Bills team as a whole, now that the final 53 roster is set, um, what is the biggest weakness, you think, for the Bills roster going into week one? Well, I mean, I, I think it, it's, it's kind of pretty obvious, um, and I think it's the O-line. I mean, and that's going to come across crazy to a lot of Bills fans because, like, wait a minute, we just signed this guy and that guy and, and spent a bunch of money, and you know, we have a center finally, and uh, you know, we're making up for, for, for the premature retirement of Eric Wood. And uh, I, I still think it's the O-line. Um, last year, they were absolutely atrocious. We need to see the development of Deion Dawkins. We need to see exactly how good Cody Ford can be immediately. We're talking about a guy who blocked at Oklahoma, which right now you probably could consider the number one offense in all of college football. He blocked, uh, you know, Kyler Murray last year in a Heisman winning year, a team made the college football playoff, probably will make the college football playoff this year. 
uh, a team that, that, you know, last year, the year before, year before that. I mean, whether it's Bob Stoops or it was Lincoln Riley, uh, this is a very, very, very good team, a very good offense, an awesome offensive line. It just helps, it helps keep move the, you know, move, move the, the trenches the other direction. They, they just keep pushing it forward. And, and Murray was there and Baker Mayfield was there. And Cody Ford is really, really good. I, I was thrilled that they took him in the second round. I was thrilled that they were aggressive in terms of wanting him. Um, but we don't know. You know, we don't know. Is he going to be tackle guard for the whole season? Is he going to be on the left or the right side? There's, there's a lot of question marks with Mitch Morris. I know he signed, what, a four-year deal at close to $50 million. But I just, when you start talking concussions and you get through the first one, okay, that's, that's, that's one. But then when you start talking two, you start talking three, you start talking four. I mean, that next concussion is basically retirement, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's the O-line. I really do, man. I mean, I, I love, I love the, the running back depth. I think the secondary is fantastic. The linebackers, some people think a little weak. I think they're going to be better than advertised. Matt Milano's a stud. I think they've got a lot of other pieces that people might not really see now, but they're going to be fine. And I think up front, they're going to be okay, too. I mean, I think Ed Oliver's going to be a stud. Jerry Hughes, I thought they stole when they re-signed him. You know, we're, we're waiting on guys like Harrison Phillips. We're waiting on guys like Trent Murphy. But the D-line should be fine. I know they lost Kyle Williams, a huge player, probably a Wall of Fame guy and a great stop the run, stop the pass guy, great guy in the locker room, obviously. But I don't think the D-line's a problem. I don't think the secondary's a problem. I don't think the linebackers are going to be a big weakness. Until I see the O-line come together, I have to go O-line. Where I live in Utica, New York, um, you know, it's about 45 minutes or so from Syracuse. It's basically Bill's country. Uh, so I know a lot of Bill's fans, and, and all they've been talking about to me is how happy they are about the O-line. So it's interesting to kind of hear a different perspective on, you know, how you feel that that might be a weakness what happens with fans, though, is that they get so caught up in what ESPN tells them mm-hmm. and what oh, National Pundits say and what Ian Rappaport breaks and the NFL Network. And, I, and that's fine. That's fine. Those guys are on TV. They're getting paid a lot of money for a reason. The, the, the problem, though, is, well, the Bills have a lot of cap money. And when they use it, and then all of a sudden five guys just jump in and start screaming at the top of their lungs about the Bills' offensive line, we don't know how they're going to mesh together. The analogy would be the New York Yankees going out and spending $450 million on three free agents. How are they going to mesh? Mm-hmm. Well, Teixeira, Sabathia, Burnett did pretty well in 2009, but they had a loaded roster. They were just kind of the added pieces with the ace being Sabathia. Well, since then, they haven't won a World Series. Why? They've signed a bunch of the wrong people, and it hasn't meshed together. So I'm just I'm pointing towards when you bake a pie, is it all going to mesh and come together in the oven? And I just don't know if the Buffalo Bills offensive line is going to be good enough to help Josh Allen. You cannot have, I repeat, <laughs> you, <laughs> cannot re- you cannot have your quarterback be the leading rusher in this league because you're eventually going to die. I mean, you're going to get killed on the oh. football field. Last year, he, he led. It. Yeah, right. You, he led the league in rushing. He paid the price. And he missed some games. He says it helped him. He helped, you know, it kind of helped him relearn the playbook and all the rest. Why I said the old line is because it takes a lot to mesh an offensive line. It might be the hardest unit in sports to be, you know, cohesive, especially if you go sign people from other areas. Now, I'll leave you with this point. Mitch Morris is really, really good. And Patrick Mahomes was at the Rochester media um in, uh, in Western New York, and he actually was interviewed by my good friend Scott Petoniak 
who's covered the Bills for, I don't know, three or four decades. And he was asked about Mitch Morris. He said, what, what are the Bills getting here? And, and Mahomes said, <laughs> he, he kind of chuckled. He goes, he was amazing. He was the anchor. He was great in the locker room. The Bills are going to love him. Well, I'm not doubting that, but he's got to be able to stay on the field and he's got to be able to mix with everybody else. Hey guys, Greg Peterson here with the Baseball Betting Podcast. As we know, the MLB season is back in our lives. It's going to be a 60-game sprint unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And I'm going to be giving you picks every single day, seven days a week with Major League Baseball. We're also going to be keeping up with the KBO as well. If you like baseball and you like being able to make some money, subscribe to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. I am concerned about the Jets' O-line as well, but not as much as the corners. The starting offensive line got absolutely zero time together in the preseason. There was no time to gel, and, and that's one thing that is, is so important. Um, we'll, now what we'll do is we'll shift the gears a little bit. We'll stay with the offense. But something I wanted to touch on, which kind of came across the wire this weekend, which I know that it was they, the Bills promised – well, I don't want to say promised, but they said that they were going to keep – LaShawn McCoy, and then it comes across the wire that they released him uh, because obviously with the ageless one, Frank Gore, uh, and the emergence of Singletary, uh, they move on from LaShawn McCoy. Um, so obviously, if you want to just touch on that for me, um, you know, maybe what kind of came with that move or if it was just time to finally move on from, from a player like McCoy who has had his injuries and <clears throat> going with the, the backfield that they're going to go with week one. Well, I think LaShawn McCoy, um, you know, last year had a terrible season and obviously I think it was, I think it was 50 50. I don't think anybody should read anything more into it. I think the offensive line was horrendous. Uh, they could not create holes for LaShawn McCoy. And then when they possibly create a little bit of space, LaShawn McCoy had no idea how to hit a hole anymore. Um, in the off season, he became a major problem off the field because he went to social media which I've always said with athletes, do not go on social media unless it's going to be straight up, weight up, hold up positive stuff, or it's going to be something about a charity, or you're going to retweet stuff that your teammates say, which is all good vibes for the team. If you aren't going to do one of those three things, then get the F off of social media. Uh, it's the worst. It's McCoy went cool, but we love it, you know? Right. LaShawn McCoy goes on and basically, you know, talks on, on Instagram and wherever the hell else the clown was. Oh, hopefully we get some more lime. I mean, first of all, you're throwing people under the bus. Second of all, if you pay attention inside the walls, you know that you have almost $90 million in cap space. So the guy was becoming an issue. Uh, it was obvious that Brandon Bean and company were going to address the old line, not only in the draft, but in free agency. So it just seemed to be a little bit of a, oh, here we go. Here's the guy that we hoped we weren't getting from Philly when we absolutely robbed them of LaShawn McCoy uh, in terms of giving him Kiko Alonso. Now, I will, I will say, I will say it in the end, LaShawn McCoy was a great short-term deal for the Bills because a couple of years ago, he had a really, really good year. Um, he was explosive, obviously. The injuries were a problem and all the rest. But fast-forwarding to 2019, bro, I mean, honestly, why did they get rid of him? It's very evident. Um, there's two reasons. One is that there's a bunch of cap money that's saved. Now, a lot of people are tweeting and saying things, oh, well, the Bills, it's more about depth in the running back uh, area than it is cap. Okay, fine. It's actually both. <laughs> and that's where I was going with number two is that 
They have Devin Singletary. They have Frank Gore. They've got a lot of other guys who can help them to the point where LeSean McQuay was going to be really limited in terms of his carries anyway. Those are the two reasons. They have a lot of, a lot of guys at running back, so there's a lot of depth there. But if you ignore the cap thing, you're a fool. I mean, the NFL is so much about the NFL draft and so much about what you can do if you have cap room. And Michael Bills last year plus, going into next year, they have had a lot of cap room. And you want a lot of that so you can keep building pieces. And, and if you can get to the top of the draft by trading or, or the fact that you sucked the year before, you need that money to sign your new players. So I, I think it was twofold. Well, I think it was threefold. Let me add one more to that. I think, number one, they have a lot of depth in, in, in the backfield. There's no doubt. Number two, helps them in cap room. Number three, LaShawn McCoy's a pain in the ass. And I think in the, at the end of the day, they just looked at it and said, you know what, all these things considered, we're going to play good cop with this clown. We're going to tell him he's going to be the starting back. We're going to commit to him publicly. And then we're going to release him when it seems like it's nice. But we're not going to tell him that. We're going to see if he's still continuing to work hard in camp. He didn't look great. He didn't look awful in camp. But they decided to get rid of him. The only thing I have against the Bills on this move is why not trade him in the offseason and get a couple of picks? Why not trade him last year and get something for him? As it turns out, they didn't. They release him, and now here we are. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's somebody that they could have flipped. I remember last year during, uh, you know, midway through the season before the deadline, I know the Eagles were hurting and looking for backs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that there was rumors that the Eagles were interested. I mean, even if you could just take a late-round pick, maybe something like a, a five or a six just to move on and, and, and try to get another body in camp of a young player, um, you know, something like that. But, you know, sometimes teams hold on too long, and then you end up getting them, you know, released in the off season, like they did with McCoy. Another name that I, I didn't even add to there was a player like TJ Yeldon, who was a good receiving back out of the field. Um, you know, that's another back to add to there that kind of pushed McCoy out as well. So what we'll do now is we'll go into, I want you to, you know, go in depth on a player, um, you know, that Jets fans obviously may not be familiar with that's on the Bills roster that's either up and coming or might be a contributor uh, that could be an impact on Sunday. Well, it's a good question, and I, I'm actually going to go with Tyler Cross. Now, I know that's a name that a lot of Jet fans know. It's a lot of uh, a lot of NFL fans know that name as well. But I'm going to go with Tyler Croft because here's a guy who was with the Bengals for a while. He was drafted, I think, in 2015 out of Rutgers by Cincinnati. A big physical guy, runs great routes, you know, is a handful for linebackers to cover, can sometimes really lay a block on you. But he got hurt on literally the first day of OTAs back in late May. Um, he broke his foot. And the Bills signed him to a deal. They were hoping that that deal would make him the starting tight end after they moved away from the likes of Nick O'Leary and probably thought that Kroon wasn't going to do anything for them as well. Uh, and multiple other guys. And, you know, they cut ties, obviously, with Charles Clay a long time. Well, what seems like a long time ago, because I, I just think he was misusing the old offensive system. The point is, Tyler Croft was signed to be a major contributor. I think people have forgotten about him. I mean, let's be honest. As we record this, we go from May to June, July, August, into the beginning of September. We're almost four months into OT, you know, since OTAs when he got hurt. And he's not a guy who's you know named Rob Gronkowski. He's not Jane Novacek. He's not Travis Kelsey. He's not Tyler Elford, Eifert, a guy who we backed up in Cincy. But he's pretty good, and he got signed by the Bills in the offseason. It was a way under the radar when you look at the national perspective type signing. 
But he's going to be healthy in late October, early November. And if the Bills are around 500 at that particular point and he's healthy, that's a huge addition for the Buffalo Bills. So I'm going to go with Tyler Croft here, shot in the dark. Hey guys, this is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. We're going to kind of start to wrap things up here. Um, what I wanted to do is I uh, wanted you to go over your three keys to the game uh, for the Bills to get a victory on Sunday uh, and to unfortunately possibly send the Jets to an 0-1 start. Stunningly enough, I think it's pretty damn similar for each team, honestly, um, except maybe the third one. I think number one for the Buffalo Bills is – you know, protection for Josh Allen. I mean, and I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be the number one key until we're done talking in 2019, whether that's the Bills going 6 and 10, 7 and 9, 8 and 8, 9 and 7, 10 and 6 for the crazy people. Um, but I think it's protecting him. I think if you can protect Allen, he's shown that he can handle play action. He can handle, you know, hitting guys over the middle, at least in camp. He really, really seems to be attached to Cole Beasley. I don't know. How good Beasley's going to be for them? I don't. I mean, some people are calling him overrated. I think he's really, really good, but he's got to stay healthy. And there's a little bit of an age question there too. But you got to protect Josh Allen. I think number two for the Bills is in every single game against the Dolphins and the Jets in the AFC East. Notice I didn't mention the Patriots because it doesn't matter at this point. Nobody's going to beat New England. <laughs> nope, of course not. It, it doesn't know, matter. They're, you know the drill. Yeah. It's it's them until it's not. You, you, to beat Correct. the man, you got to beat the man. You know, every yeah. every possible thing you could say. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in my man cave recording this right now, watching the Yankees on mute, and I'm looking at my football books, and I'm like, oh, there's the Belichick book. There's the Brady Belichick. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, they're going to go back to the Super Bowl. So, but when it's Jets, Bills, and Dolphins, and it's been relatively kind of even playing field, quarterback troubles, uh, all, all the nonsense we talk about, you know the nonsense. I mean, it, the Jets and Bills and Dolphins can all hate each other equally, but the reality is we're all in the same camp because we're all suffering the same exact ways. I always go with the key being the turnover battle. I mean, this game could easily be, <laughs> I'm going, by the way, it could be 9-6, it could be 6-3. It could be 0-0 by the end of the fourth quarter because both quarterbacks are struggling and they just can't do anything in the red zone. Have you ever heard that before? So I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with turnover battle, and then I think the third thing is going to be keeping Sam Darnold away from rolling out. And the reason I say that, and by the way, I love, I absolutely love Sam Darnold. I loved him at USC. I loved him in the Rose Bowl. I loved him last year. I loved him against the Bills both times. I think the guy is going to be an absolute freaking stud. And for that reason, I think the Jets, not the Bills, not the, not the Dolphins, if Tom Brady you know, decides to retire by the time I'm, I don't know, having some kind of medical issues in a funeral home, um, I think the Jets are the front runners to take over the division because Sam Darnold is that good. Now, again, in the NFL, you need a lot of things to happen around you. You need an OC. You got to have weapons. You got there's a, there's so much that goes on. The O line's got to be healthy. You got to have support. You got to weapon. I, I mean, the, the the NFL quarterback thing. Well, he doesn't have a ring. Dan Fouts, Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, on and on. 
is the most overblown thing ever because you it's not only the most important position, but it's the position where you need probably the most help in order for people to talk about you as an elite type of, of quarterback. Sam Darnold's elite, I'm telling you right now. Everybody I talk to, scouts, media people, former players, he's unbelievable. And one of the best things he does is he goes on the run and you can put a bullseye there and he's going to hit it. I think if the Bills can kind of try to keep him contained, Leslie Frazier blitzing from the outside more than the inside, don't let him roll out, he's going to make plays on third down. If you blitz him like crazy and he rolls out, he's going to hit people in stride. I think that's the third key to the game. I'm picking the Jets 13 to uh, to 10 in this game. Play like a Jet. Play like a Jet. It's going to be a low-scoring affair, obviously. Maybe the defenses, uh, you know, are figuring out the offenses early on. Um, but uh, 13-7 prediction for you. Um, I'll do my game. 13-10, yeah. 13-10, excuse me. Uh, And for me, um, everybody knows I'm not a prediction guy, but for the sake of the pod, I am going to do that. Uh, I'm actually going to pick the Jets uh, 20-13 to start out 1-0 against the Bills. Um, Mike, uh, you know, give everybody a little background on you, where they can follow you, where they can hear you, uh, and where to follow you. No, I appreciate that. This was a blast, by the way. Um, you know, I, it's, I'm a St. Bonaventure graduate from 2002. I've been in sports media now for, you know, a long time, I guess. You can kind of add the years yourself. But I've done, you know, a bunch of, of drive-home sports talk, uh, Yahoo Sports Radio, SB Nation. Uh, hosted a bunch of radio in Syracuse and Albany. Um, you know, and now I'm running my own platform. Uh, I kind of got out of, out of the radio industry, at least in central New York, and, um, and kind of running my own deal, uh, ML Sports Platter. You can get my podcast everywhere podcasts are found, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Deezer, uh, the Podbean app, YouTube and Tumblr. Um, you know, rate it five star. And, and of course, uh, some reviews always help. As you know, the podcast thing is all about sharing and, and getting those reviews and getting people to comment and getting involved. Um, you know, and then my Twitter is at Mike L Sports and then one of my bread and butter topics is the New York Yankees. I, I've covered them uh, for the last 13 or 14 years uh, with pinstripepassion.com. I've covered every Hall of Fame induction since 2004, um, and I can't wait for next year to, to see Derek Jeter go in. Uh, went into uh, Cooperstown this year and covered Mariano Rivera's induction. It was a blast. Got some interviews with Jorge Posada, Tino Martinez, uh, Andy Pettit, and I know a lot of your uh, listeners are Yankee fans as well because of the, the whole New York Jet tie thing. Um, so yeah, come out, follow me, hang out, hit me on Twitter. Uh, I'm a huge engaged guy and I'm on, uh, Instagram, Mike L sports, 1979. So this was just a, a real treat to, uh, to come on the, uh, the pod and I'll try to get you back online. All right, pal. All right. Perfect. I appreciate that. And you know, what we'll do is obviously we'll circle back, uh, the last week of the season, uh, and see where those teams are going into, uh, the final week of the season, see if they're competing for a wild card spot. Or, or maybe, maybe by luck, uh, uh, abide by that chance. Thanks again, Mike. Hey, no problem. Look forward to that six and nine conversation, man. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. You too. All right. So special thanks to Mike Lindsley uh, again uh, from the ML Sports Platter. Um, so just to wrap everything up, obviously this is a brand new podcast. Um, prepare for takeoff again. We'll be getting you ready each week, uh, every week uh, for the opponent coming up for the following week. Uh, next week, we'll be having Jeff Lloyd from Lockdown Browns uh, to discuss the matchup on Monday Night Football uh, with the Cleveland Browns in MetLife Stadium. Hopefully, the Jets will be 1-0 uh, going into that game. Uh, and again, this is your podcaster's favorite podcaster, Paulie Brzee, signing off. And until next week, where we prepare for takeoff. 
Thank you for listening to Play Like a Jet Presents Prepare for Takeoff with Pauly Brzez. Don't forget, if you're planning to play fantasy football this year, there's no better place to do it than with the fine people over at the Draft app and Draft.com because you will get a free shot at winning the $3.5 million grand prize in their best ball championship if you use the promo code PLAYLIKE. That's PLAYLIKE, P-L-A-Y-L-I-K-E, when you make your first deposit over at the Draft app and Draft.com. And it's easy to play. No salary caps, no auctions. It's a straight-up, simple snake draft. You also don't have to spend a ton of time maintaining the roster. You draft your players, and they will take care of everything for you. They will make sure that your best players are in every single week. Again, it's the draft app and draft.com. Promo code PLAYLIKE, P-L-A-Y-L-I-K-E, and you will get yourself a free shot at that $3.5 million once you make your first deposit. Don't forget about all the great programs that turn on the Jets Digital, including TOJ Film Room with Joe Blewett. You can check that out on our YouTube channel, Turn on the Jets TV. The Turn on the Jets podcast with Joe Caparoso, Cool Your Jets with Michael Nania and Ben Blessington, and then all the great shows that you get every single day right here on the Play Like a Jet feed. Mondays, it's going to be the post-game report with Matt Stipulkowski of New Jersey Advanced Media and NJ.com. Tuesdays, you're going to get There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett, Travis Milton, and Josh Conrad. Wednesdays, it'll be the midweek report with Manish Mehta of the New York Daily News. That's going to be a lot of fun. Thursdays, this show, prepare for takeoff as Pauly Brzez will get you ready for the upcoming matchup by interviewing somebody who covers the opposing team and picking their brain to get you all the relevant info that you need to be ready for that matchup on Sunday. Friday, the return of XNO Quick Hits with Joe Blewett, the host of TOJ Film Room, breaking down in short form the film from the previous week's matchup. I like to say it's sort of a Cliff Notes version of the film show that's on YouTube. You still want to watch the film show, but this is a good way to get a bite-sized version of what Joe does on that two- to three-hour film show where he breaks everything down in video form. Saturdays, we will have a full pregame report with the very big deal, Chris Nimbley, as well as Weather with Ed Valley, and we'll look at the injury report with 35-year orthopedic surgeon Dr. Steven Stoller. Then on Sunday, we'll get you ready for the game with a game day morning mailbag. We'll post that up probably around 5, 6 in the morning. So it's perfect to listen to while you're having your coffee in the morning, having a little breakfast before the game. Or if you're out tailgating in the parking lot, perfect for that too. You pop on the pregame on Saturday and then Sunday morning right before the game, you get yourself some game day mailbag questions. It's going to be a fun season covering the Jets. Looking forward to bringing you daily content, as always, right here on the Play Like a Jet feed. Again, thank you so much for listening to Paulie's debut show. Prepare for takeoff. Don't forget to follow Paulie on Twitter, at Paulie underscore B-R-U-Z. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. It's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.